It's a hot footy to win. Every possession crucial. Crashing in. Jones. McGrath in there as well. Jones back to his feet. Up towards McDonald. Tip and Woody has got it in the fingertips. And holds on for the Bombers. It's oh, a nine-point lead. This electrifying player, Anthony McDonald. Tip and Woody goes long. Up they go. Waterman's got it. Waterman's got it for the Bombers. Discarded by the West Coast Eagles. His brother playing in the opposite side. What a moment for Alec Waterman to go back. He would have dreamt of kicking this goal, but probably for the West Coast Eagles in his childhood. Alec Waterman has kicked six goals in his career to put the first nail in the West Coast coffin, and he does! He does! This could be one of the great Essendon wins of all time. Certainly recent history. Waterman kicks the goal, and the Bombers... to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Scotty's doing random clips there. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Oh, by the way, episode number 131. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is a very happy three wins in a row, Grant Foss, and with me is the Scott. Yes. Thank you. I um, I am. You can tell by my energy. I am so excited. Uh, that was a brilliant win by the boys. Go uh, boys in the West Coast. Just you know, watching it again, kicking you know, kicking nine of the last eleven goals. Just, I mean, that last quarter alone, right? You know, just to. Have a look about how dominant we were. 78 disposals to 50, 22 inside 50s to 6, uh, to 3 goals, 624 to 1 goal to West Coast. A complete annihilation when uh, both teams had to step up and win the game. Uh, it was our boys that just took over, did a running machine, the Paris Parish with the um, huge game, Merritt with the 16 disposals. Massive game. 16 disposals in the last quarter. Stringer's massive match-winning efforts. It's just match winners all over the game, all over the ground, and I, I am so pumped at being an Essendon supporter this week. I've n- oh, it is so nice, isn't it, man? It's been so long since we can. And look, mate, we we we've just we we pinched one at West Coast, mate, and we look good. We look really, really good. But geez, it's nice to see an identifiable brand to feel like. The club is really progressing in the right direction as well and as fast as those other clubs that have gone up the ladder quick. So I'll tell you what, mate, I am keeping it's Le Grand Chapiteau if you catch my drift over here at the moment. And it is really hard to sort of calm myself down a little bit, mate. I know. You do feel like you have to calm yourself down, don't you? Because there's a whole second half of the season, but just the... The, how fast these guys are learning the game plan, being consistent, and never quit. The never quit bit is the th- for, the thing for me. They are so blue collar. At the moment, they're probably the most blue collar team in the AFL. I mean, they're just their pressure gauge around the ground is insane. Like I, I you know, I've tweeted out a clip. Um, for those who know Charlie Don's on on Twitter, uh, he he tweets out like. 20 clips of the game and and everyone dissects them and everything like that. And uh, actually, I've got a few requests to have him on in the show second half of the year one time just to talk nice. about, how, nice. about how he does it. So we'll, 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 we'll reach out to him. But, um, uh, yeah, just he, he obviously put the uh, a clip of the first goal and just 38 seconds of Cole Langford working his absolute butt off, gets a clearance, Comebacks, does a deflection, sprints eighty meters to have yeah, a, yeah. Uh, to to be open 
and then hits a bullet pass to Jones for the goal. And then you have another clip he did with Mason Redman, uh, pretty much almost from he, – he floated right up almost to half forward. Uh, there's a turnover. He is sprinted like 100 metres, and it's that little last-minute deflection in the key five minutes five minutes to go in the game where he gets – he just gets a fist on it. If it doesn't get any slower, it's a West Coast mark. It's just the effort and the commitment by every player at the moment – is on song and again we handed it to truck last week and this guy has got 22 players absolutely busting their gut for him and the club in the same direction like yep. in, they are that old adage everybody is pulling in the right direction or in the same direction and all i i think you're, you're 100 right we've last week we spoke about truck and his influence on this club and it's not often, mate, it's not often in the sporting world and it is not often, Scotty and I can assure you, and I'm sure other people would understand as well, in the business world where the head of a team or the head of a business or somebody comes out and says, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be a blue collar team. We're going to have a recognizable brand. We're going to do X and Y and then actually go out and do it over the next 11 weeks, genuinely goes out and delivers on what he's promised. Now, Mate, we could lose next week. We, we've we been up for a good period of time and everybody needs to take a big, deep breath. I, I have both hands on the lid as we speak, um, but everybody needs to take a bit of a deep breath because we are performing well above where potentially most people thought we should be. And the bit that I'm really loving at the moment is because everybody is clearly so focused on the same outcome and the same level of effort and everything, the, the, the talent that we have at this club now has the ability to shine. The game plan is, I reckon Truck would say it's simplistic. Harry Jones is a good leader. Like he leads out of 50, hit him on a lead. Um, Waller's the same thing. Don't drop it on his head. He's four foot two. The, the simple things that we're doing in the game plan is allowing the likes of Nick Cox and Kyle Langford and DP3 and Waller and Jones and Hooker and Ridley and all those guys to just use their natural talents and really excel. So, mate, I, I, I don't know that I've been this excited since potentially 2013 or 14 or whatever it was when the Saga boys went over to WA and won that game over there as well. Like this means, and I said this on our um, uh, on our Patreon um, post-game reaction show, um, patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch-up podcast, um, that that game makes this club, I reckon. That is the game that is going to be the linchpin to show this team that they absolutely can do it. Yeah, they can do it yeah. and they're in the right direction. And if you think about six weeks ago, right, uh, six weeks ago we are playing Anzac Day, we beat the arch rival by four goals. We we head to Carlton then, play the next. Now, I thought we played really, really well. And if you remember that game, there was like a five-minute lapse. Fine, it happens. Yep. They kicked like four or five goals, and it was the game. We we actually probably should have come very close to winning that game. But we, we everyone remembers that game. There was like really big highlights. It was like massive. Uh, you could see us um, playing really well. The GWS game. Hooker doesn't get paid a mark. We lose by two points. Yeah. And then we win the next three. So we won four of the last six, and the two games that we lost, we're either right in it or, or could have easily won. Yep. Uh, and then you're not even counting the, the Hawthorne debacle and the Sydney uh, yep. one-point loss. So the year's been really positive. Like, it's it, it's just so much growth across the field. Uh, and, and it comes down to... I mean, so many things that when we're talking about the yeah the blue collar, but the lowering of the eyes, consistently looking for targets leading up, it's right. it, it's it, it's making, you know, what it showed me too. Like Peter Wright has a late omission. It didn't matter. Like we yeah. we we still, because of our ball movement, we still created opportunities because we did the same things. We either hit up Langford this time. We either hit up Cox. We either hit up Perkins. We either you know it, it, Jakey it was, did what Jakey does. Yeah, so it was, it was, um, it was just a really impressive uh, performance. I mean, being twenty nine points down, uh, to, that's really big for me. Yeah, and uh, twenty nine points down in Perth is almost doom. 
That's uh, true. Like not many people come back from that. Uh, so look, they they just overran them, uh, and they're like I think they've won. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they've won seven of the last eleven last quarters. They're clearly their fitness base is fine because they're they're really running through games. Six day break. I know both teams have six so day nice breaks, but I mean, and there's you know there's there's obviously guys to highlight, right? I'm not gonna highlight. And uh, we normally we don't have time to go through the whole list because one thing I sh- we should have said we've got Ed Pasco one right so Ed, yeah Ed Pasco Ed Pasco is from AFL Draft Central you've seen him he's been on the show a couple of times we're going to deep dive into the mid season draft uh, we're going to have a little bit of a talk about the end end season draft as well uh, and, and just we might see if we can get an update from the uh, Davy Twins as well see how they're going but um nice so that's coming up in segment two so just. We're a little bit more restricted on, on feedback on this game. So we're just going to do just a few names that sort of reached out to us. You know what? I got, I won't say who it is, but someone from the club. Oh, okay. Uh, Sources said, within the club. So this, yeah, I'll say so. Um, said they thought that was Harry Jones' best game for the club. And I, and I thought, oh, that's a bit different. And I watched it again. And I know what he's saying. Because even though he kicked one goal, he must have had three smothers, deflections, tackles. His work rate was off the chain uh, in that game, and he was meant to be managed. He was uh, Peter. Yeah, Wright, he was he's supposed to not be there. <laughs> Peter Wright gets uh, injured last minute. He has to come in, and he worked his tail off. And, and obviously, that's what they're communicating is his, his role for the club. He did everything possible in a you know in a fairly it was a kind of a slippery wettish. Game without too much rain, if that makes sense. Um, but he was his attitude reflected the kids that are coming through, uh, and just just never give up. He's and and that play that we did the audio of to start the show. I know Waterman's goal is kind of the big highlight, and even Waller's pass is magical. But you've got a first. I always I kind of say first year play because he missed most of last year, but. Jones, obviously, just starting career, getting a loose ball on the wing, then low in the eyes and just hitting a 30-metre calm pass with absolute composure while it is a hot, hot footy. That just speaks wonders to me. If that kid is like that now with the ball and with his head uh, being that composed, we've got an exciting talent. But, Grantus, tell me about – tell me, who do you think who, – who stuck out to you? Was it Langers? Was it Parrish? Was it – Mate, there's. It's really difficult to pick just one. It was. It was a team um, performance. I have to say that too. But uh, it was. It was a total team performance. I mean, you've got to shout out um, Darcy. Is he crazy? Again. It? it is crazy. He's on fire. The boy. <laughs> he's dead set on fire. Somebody has flicked a switch, or he's done a deal with the devil, or something. Because the boy's just. If he ain't. Really, really, really close to a Brownlow right now. Then I don't know what the hell is because he's kicking goals. He's getting every possession in the world, and he's noticeable. He looks good. Um, how he wouldn't be real close in a Brownlow right now is amazing. Well, but he's, he's third, but, by the way. He's equal third in coaches' votes in the AFL. Equal, see, that's amazing, right? Like absolutely amazing. The other guy I want to point out is Zeret. Um, had a very <laughs> quiet first three quarters. Um, and then, do you reckon? Uh, sorry. Oh well, I thought it's good. His standards, first and last, I thought he was really good. First quarter came yeah. on fire. Last, he was in sixteen possessions good in the point. last. Yeah, and that—that's the highlight I wanted to show. Sixteen possessions when in the that game last had to quarter. be won. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Sixteen possessions in the last quarter was just nuts. Um, he is a dead set A grader, and with DP three, she's moving real fast to A grade status, mate. Um, those two as a one-two punch would, geez, Truck wouldn't have expected DP3 to step up that quick, um, but he has. The other guy I really wanted to um, point out, and again, it just happens week in, week out now, <laughs> I know. Uh, just ticks along, is your mate and mine, the Aussiest bloke on the face of the planet, in Dyson Heppel. Yeah, yeah. Mate, Dyson Heppel, 22 possessions again, 90% efficiency. Um, what do you get? Nine marks across halfback. He has been, him along with Jaden Laverde, has been probably the two best moves into a new position I've seen at the club for a really long time. Like, we've had players go and play at 
full back like Hooksy and get all Australians and those guys, but they're expected to do that. Dyson down the back and and Laverde for that matter, but specifically Dyson down the back. He's everywhere. He's that like he's making um old mate from Hawthorne. He went to the Gold Coast. Um, oh, Hodgie. Hodgie. He's doing a Hodgie, mate. He's all over the ground. He's directing traffic. He's providing a calm. He's coaching um, too, yeah, on the field. Yeah, a calm, coaching, solid backline footballer who I don't know who he was playing on, but, mate, I haven't seen him get beat or exposed particularly much. And he's pulling in 22 um, at 90% efficiency. Yeah. It's a, it's a big call. He, you're exactly right. He actually was in my. He actually got three votes for me, but I was torn between him and this other guy who I want to mention. And and, and you just mentioned him before, Jaden Laverde. His yeah. job on Darling, uh, and it was amazing because you hear Josh, Incredible. you hear Josh Money in the um in the after game kind of wrap up talking that Laverde was sore most of the week. Uh, you know that's that's a lot of courage from Laverde to have that kind of game if he's sore going into a game. Uh, he was just outstanding. And, you know, especially in that last 10 minutes, he was taken, he must have had three or four Mate, marks. he looked like Alex Rance. He yeah, looked he, like Alex Rance. He has had one mark, was a contested, you know, we they've, they've kicked it long 50 metres. He shoved Darling aside and marked the ball. That's not easy. That and, is not easy. Darling's a unit, right? And, he, like, for Darling to get, what did he get? He got, like, seven possessions, one goal, yeah. three marks. Like, that's... Just shut him out. That, that just shut him out completely. Like, Jaden, I mean, I knew if we were putting him up against forwards who were pretty mobile and could run around a bit, I thought, yeah, Jaden's going to be a really good option for those mobile forwards of the, of the comp. But, geez, man, I did not know his body positioning and his just genuine strength. He's strong. He's strong. He's, strong. He's a strong kid. And, like, to throw Darling around is no mean feat. And... But, like, to throw Darling around and then not just get sort of caught up in the contest and fall over or get falconed or something like that, but throw Darling out the way, then get your hands up and mark it. Mm. Um, push it back inside 50, it comes back out again, he marks it again. Like, yeah, huge game from him. And, I, look, I was wrapped that Truck meant, mentioned Zerk Thatcher's couple of efforts in the last quarter. He had two big moments of real courage in, in that last quarter. And, you know, for the late... Coming in, he, he did really, really well. I thought the back six, um, for West Coast and West Coast to score what they did, um, uh, that back six was really, really impressive from Stewart to everyone. There was no... All, Jimmy Stewart, there's another one? Yeah, they, they were all... Redmond, they were all solid. Hindy, they were, they were really, really good. So, I mean, there's just across the board. Like, our midfield... Uh, I have to shout out Cole Langford because I just do. Uh, Absolutely. A weird stat. Here's a weird stat for everyone. Cole Langford in the last two weeks has attended the most centre bounces. How's that for a weird set, for a weird stat? Wow. So he obviously tagged a little bit uh, five last week and he did a lot of inside bounce. Work. Now, now some of them were rucking versus knick-knack, which is not, not very normal. Um, but yeah. 28 disposals, a goal. Again, what, he had nine marks or so. Uh, he was he was in my votes personally. Uh, I know he wasn't wasn't I know he wasn't in the coaches' votes. Fine, but he was he was in my votes. So I thought he had amazing impact on the game. Uh, that mark that was a really important mark going into halftime. The one where um, yeah, just with a minute to go, just to give us within reaching distance, uh, it gave us a bit of momentum going into halftime. That was a really big mark. I I thought his skills were really good. It just, Decision-making was really good. His effort was through the roof. Um, and, you know, with him and McGrath, Merritt and Parrish, it's funny. Truck's got a real dilemma now. and uh, oh, Big, big, big dilemma. Because he's got some guys on the sideline, right, who are injured. Uh, but at the moment, this last six weeks, I don't know if there's a better midfield group that's playing going around at the moment. No, uh, no way. And, no. and I don't, I don't really want to. Uh, to be honest, what I don't want to shake it up. If there's, I feel like no. If any other midfielder wants to come in, they have to play a different role and work their way back in because this group of four guys, who I call them a group of four, uh, are pretty dynamic running through that inside area. McGrath, Merritt, Parish, Langford, they are beating up teams. And when you were talking, you know. You know, good midfields. Uh, five, Gaff, five Monday, 
uh, yep. Gav, you know, yeah, exactly. They, uh, so <laughs> this is like you, you can't wipe the smile off my face at the moment. How well I know we, we're both sitting here going, mate. I, I, who we got next week? Uh, well, just the dream oh, time Richmond, game. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the lazy dream time game, Grant. Um, mate, wait, I'll tell you what, New, uh, Richmond look eminently beatable at the moment. And if, if over in Perth, mate, where you've just had a good win and a bit of a, a chill by the pool and uh, and the Tigers have to come over there, I'm looking at the game now going, yeah, I want it. <laughs> I want this game. Yeah, well, it, it's it's a huge – I mean, I, I mean they're eighth and what we're ninth, so it's, it's a huge game anyway just from the ladder. Yeah. But, boy, a win this week would just – would just be uh, oh my! Uh, the lid comes off. I you can see it, it in my down. face. It would be like, oh my! Mate, what have we I got on our down, hands? Throw it down the street. Now yell, we're we're premiership favourites and uh, chuck my mortgage on them. I will say this though, and this is not to be a downer at all. I, I my realist, no downers, no downers. My realistic hat says Shane Edwards comes in next week. They just got a game into um, Prestia and Caddy. Uh, they they still won last week. Uh, they're not going to be, you know, they're still the premiership team. They're going to play their best team for a while, probably in the last six weeks. Now, are they in great form? No, but, you know, Harwick, you know, so Harwick's already put the little teaser out to the guys saying, well, we're playing the rampaging. This is his actual quote. We're playing the rampaging bombers. So this is our biggest test for the year kind of thing. <laughs> uh, it is classic. He's, he's learned from Sheedy beautifully. Uh, Big Harwick, time. Yeah. But he will, he will definitely be telling his guys um, – there's no switch off this week. Oh, so no, no, no. Expect not. a, no, we, expect a we fight at Richmond. Yeah. yeah, we're a nightmare of a club for play, for teams to play at the moment. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to a group of blokes. Yep. Um, if I'm looking at uh, the uh, stats here, uh, is it Luke Ryan? What's his name? The Indigenous kid? Oh, for West Coast? West Coast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan? Luke. Uh, Luke. Uh, you're, you've got me. Liam, Liam, Liam Ryan. Sorry, yep, yeah. we're prepared here at the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Liam Ryan, <laughs> incredibly dangerous bloke. Small forward, should usually kick four or five on us because we have small forward, yeah. mate, they've hated us. But, mate, Liam Ryan, one goal, eight possessions. Now, yeah. I've saw Ridley on him at some stages. I saw Nick Hind on him at some stages. I'm giving a shout-out to our back six for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, our back six for shutting down one of the better small forwards in the comp. And again, we keep doing this on a weekly basis. We are improving in areas where we've historically had issues. Yeah. Um, Ridley's just a freak. The man can play on anybody. Um, Nick Hind is just the best recruit of the year, bar none, end of story. Um, so a massive, massive congratulations to our back six on uh, for Liam Ryan. And, and look, and speaking of small forwards, we definitely have the old Australian small forward in in the land right now. Without a without, shadow of a doubt. Yeah, without – I mean, this guy could be a vote as well. But without a shadow of a doubt, Waller is in insane form right mm -hmm. now. Went off the ground with a bump to the head, fine, comes back. And in the second half again, when the game needed to be won, he was major – in, in that game. And it's so nice because he has had that tendency to drift out of a game. But when he's, when he's prominent in the game from start to finish, he's the best small forward in the comp. And he means so much to the club. And his couple of goals a game that he's given us at the moment is just, it's rolled gold to have that bloke down there looking as dangerous as he is. He must just be really enjoying the freedom that comes from not having balls dumped on your head um, and being able to rove packs and do stuff that is literally natural oh, talent for the kid. Hooksy's been a godsend for him. Oh, him yeah, him and Jones. I mean, him and Jones and Wright have been a godsend because they're, do, they're doing the, the long kick contested marking drill and he's at their feet. Uh, yep. And it's, a, it's the waller we should be getting uh, roving these guys. And being but just once being he's creative. got the ball in his hands, it's a goal. It's ridiculous <laughs> talent. Like you, you're a, not catching him. You're gonna need, you're gonna need the best defensive. You're gonna need Andy McLeod, seriously, or some indigenous person that can turn left and right 
on a dime to be able to run Waller down. And you're just not. He's just he's gonna he's gonna kick it, mate. He's gonna get a kick off anyway. Um Jakey the package. He's the package. mate. He's the package. He's the Jakey. Have I love you, him. Have you have your slide, Hammy. Come back in twenty one days and be the match winner. Yeah, well, just do that. Go. Like I'd never seen a free kick that he doesn't love. I love Jakey. He just I swear he gets tackled out over the over the boundary line. Like every AFL footballer's done 150,000 times in their career. And Jakey's, Jakey just wants it, mate. Gets tackled over the line and the bloke's still tackling him over the line. So he throws his hands up. Wow, come on. He's allowed to keep doing that. What are you watching? Jakey is dead set. He's the man. I love Jake. There's a lot of people that wouldn't get away with his um, sort of confidence out on an AFL field, but I love it. Jake Stringer is the man. He knows he's the man. Oh. And when he puts it through from 50-odd metres out or the boundary or screws it around his body, he knows he's good. And I love it about him. Get out there, Jakey, with your big puffed-up chest. I love it. Oh, look, you, most of the best athletes around the world have a touch of arrogance because they know Absolutely. they know they can perform and they know they can do it. And, you know, when he's on that boundary line, Kicking for goal, he's not looking inside. No, it's, it's I like, love, that's the confidence. Yeah, I love it, mate. And, it, and look what he does, the ball goes through. And, and that's the thing, right? Like you can wear, back in the day, mate, You um, you, they came out with white boots. And they all the commentators, all the old footy players said, geez, boys, you'd want to be able to play if you're going to walk out there with white boots. Now, Jakey could have been the very first person to be able to wear white boots because he gets a mark on the boundary line, doesn't even look internal. Now, you don't look inside 50. There's a lot of pressure on your head, right? But Jakey will back that up eight times out of 10. Yep. And I love it. He's so confident in himself. He knows what his job is. He's there to do it. When he when he grabs it, he's there to kick it. And he bloody well does it. <laughs> Gotta love Jake Stringer, man. Now, I've got two more guys that I want to mention. One's a very quick one, but... Hey, I, hey I, Scotty. Yeah, hey, Scotty. So just to interrupt... You know how we said we weren't going to go through the uh, through the list? We are. <laughs> We've pretty much gone through the list. <laughs> We've just done it in speedy fashion. Uh, We've just done it in a speedy fashion. Uh, look, I wanted to give this guy a shout out because I, I rarely do. Uh, and he's doing these amazing efforts and these amazing things during a game of just desperate acts. And it's it's Guelphie. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's had 17 disposals he's, and he's just doing the one percenters and contesting things really well. I just wanted to give him a shout out saying, hey, I'm watching you, mate. You're doing well. I'm proud of you. The next one is just Archie. Archie Perkins. Archie. Now, geez, he keeps getting better and better and better. <laughs> he's got something about him, hasn't it? Now, uh, obviously not every kick hit its target. Fine. He's a young player. But him getting out of traffic and out of trouble with his sidestep and his and his uh, movement uh, from these hips, he is a serious talent, and yeah. I could not be happier. He's in red and black, um, and yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's very very exciting year to watch to watch this. And you know, we probably haven't done it. We've given truck, we've given everyone. Jiren uh, Syracuse and Carousella, man, you know, Carousella said, "I'm going to reconstruct this ball movement and this club." Last year. Unfortunately, with that hub situation, everything went to crap. To you know, to you know what? Yep. And we couldn't really implement what we wanted. Um, this year, he's obviously had a preseason where they could get on the park and actually do full full ground simulations and everything like yep. that. Oh my goodness, this guy! This guy at the moment is one of the highest currency assistants uh, going around because for us to excel that fast. In, in having a full preseason where he could implement his game plan and to how now we're moving the ball. Because one thing we're getting better at, you know, at the start of the year, we're talking about turnovers. We're talking about, you know, butchering the ball. Each week, I feel like I'm talking about it less. Like I feel oh, like, yep. yeah, I feel like, oh, we're hitting our targets now. For the most part, where our efficiency's th through the roof. We're getting twenty another 27 shots on goal. Uh, it, so it's... Credit to credit to the whole coaching group, man, and the players. I look before we go to the break because uh, we'll need to go because we've got Ed almost on the line. Yep. Um, 
Oh, don't you hate it when you have a mental blank? It's always going to happen. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. There we go. It does sound like the Herald Sun's reporting a parachute will sign my, very, very soon, his extension. Yeah, baby. And I hear whispers, just whispers. Are these whispers? That that Merritt's not far away. So uh, that's, yes, that's, baby. that's my whispers. Um, and these, these aren't just whispers from Facebook, are they? Uh, well, yeah, they're whispers. Um, I'll just go. Yeah, but- I love the way. Just, just everybody's <laughs> listening right now. Scotty, Scotty's got that little face going on on the on the Zoom call right now. Where trust me when I say this, we're not going to say who exactly gave him the whispers, but um, that ain't from Facebook. I'll give you the hot tip. It's it's um yeah it's well you know to be serious though it doesn't take a genius to work out he would because at the moment he's enjoying his footy as much as I've ever seen him. And he's bonding with the midfield group far better than I've ever seen him. Uh, and, you know, he would know as far as young teams in the AFL, we're the hottest property right now, right now. And, and we have a list that can go up very fast. It feels like, uh, and because they're doing again, it, they're doing it mid year. <laughs> rather than Yeah, no, but a couple, a couple more. And that's the thing we've got, but we got 13 rounds to go or something silly. So these guys are just going to keep getting better and better and better. And then you you put in what the big red fire engine can do in the draft um, at the end of this year, get us a couple more good kids, trade up for a couple more. Um, and no wonder he wants to sign because – and it, it is truly amazing that we were the club of destination or the destination of choice or whatever the hell it was – um, a while back, which allowed us to get Triple S and um, all these people to the club. And then that, frankly, didn't work. Um, Arazio and Danaher and Sadi, they all left. And we could have taken two very, very, very large steps backwards as a club and been rebuilding for five to six years. But, mate, we've we've rebuilt in a draft, one draft, and we are now, oh, I'd say, 12 months ahead of where potentially we could have been. Yeah, exactly. So, look, we're going to get Ed Pascoe on the on the line. We want to talk mid-season draft. It's on Wednesday afternoon. So we'll get Ed on the line, and we'll see you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, joining us from AFL Draft Central is a friend of the pod, Mr. Ed Pascoe. Welcome, Ed. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me again, guys. It's great being here to talk about the footy. Uh, I mean, it's pretty exciting at the moment seeing all the uh, young players we took last year that are really starting to show their wares. So let's hope we can uh, nail another one uh, next week, uh, this week, sorry. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Go for it, Scotty. Actually, funny enough, you just mentioned that. Uh, it must be exciting to see you kind of study some of these guys like um, Cox and uh, and Perkins. I know we haven't seen much of Reed yet, but it must be exciting that you've seen this and even Jones to a to a lesser extent. And then seeing the transition to being, you know, playing nearly every game and shining in most games. Yeah, and it's also really good just seeing the the things that I would have seen in juniors actually show up in um in the AFL game. Like um, but in terms of guys like Cox and Perkins, who we didn't really get to see much of their uh, under 18s form, so it's their under 17s form. So uh, who's to say if they did have a full year that players like Cox and Perkins probably wouldn't have even been available to us? Such yeah. as the rapid growth that they've shown this year. Yeah, and I, mean, I reckon I reckon yeah. you'd be right there. Just the I mean, with Cox especially, like he's. At that tall with that left boot and the right boot and the way he moves across the ground and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm nicknaming that kid a unicorn because they don't, they don't appear like that. They don't appear at 200 centimeters with what that kid can do at the moment. He's got to be top three draft pick. If, if we were to do it again. And I I reckon, I mean, I'd love to say that Dodoro saw it coming and thought Nick Cox was going to be the greatest player ever in the world, but um, we really didn't have access to any of the other guys. But it must be, it must be really exciting for the club to be able to see, like you said, under eighteen form transferring into the AFL. Yeah, absolutely, and um, 
And the other thing as well with a lot of these guys is they're doing so well now, but I mean, especially in the case of Cox, I mean, he's got so many years to put some uh, meat on the bones and really grow into his body as well. And even Perkins, who's what at 188, he could still even be growing a bit taller. I mean, just imagine the way he moves through traffic at the moment. Wait till he gets a bit of size about him. You'll be able to break tackles like it's nobody's business. So yeah, he's definitely one I can see because I was thinking of what Essendon could need in terms of midfield depth and a bit of point of difference to what we have because we do have a lot of those smaller running tops. But Perkins might be that point of difference, just something that uh, that because most clubs now will be clued into, you know, how Par- Parish and Merritt and all them play. Just wait till you have a point of difference in Perkins is 188 moves the way he does and can mark overhead around the ground. So yeah, it's pretty exciting to see how that midfield will develop, especially when you get someone like uh, Caldwell back back as well. I must admit that that Cox, that was the most exciting run the more than 15 uh, steps uh, play that you'd ever want to see. Um, just just looking at Nick Nat and going, I've got you and just sprints away from him. I know he didn't bounce the ball, which is fine, but uh, it, it just showed me a different side to him as well about how quick he actually can be when he's really motoring with the, with his legs. It was just an interesting play for me just to go, oh, wow. And then Perkins' sidestep is quite a dynamic sidestep. It's, uh, you know, um, Shannon Hearn had no idea. He just sidestepped around him quite, quite, quite amazingly. So exciting stuff, but we want to get into the mid-season draft just for education's sake, when is it? Uh, so that'll be this Wednesday on the on the second. So uh, I'm not exactly sure on the time that'll be on. Usually it's at around 10 a.m., but um, that's something I'd probably have to have a look at. But no, nah, Wednesday will be the day that it all goes down. I believe it's on the AFL website live um, in early afternoon or late morning or something like that. But um, Essendon seem to be very, very quiet and not releasing any information about what they're what they're looking into. I think the Herald Sun only mentioned a name, and I reckon it was a half a guess by John Ralph that uh, Corey Preston might be someone we've been looking at. Um, Can you tell me about kind of some of the names that are being mentioned, not so much by Essendon because they're very, very quiet, but some of the names that that are being mentioned and, and ones that may help us out? Yeah, in terms of mentions, there's not really a lot to go by. I mean, um, I mean the Essendon recruiting stuff. I mean, they would have been pretty quiet when when they picked Will Snelling. I don't think anyone had had him going to us at that period. But um, a few names we could be even looking at are from our own backyard in the VFL. So we brought around Angus Baker. He used to be uh, at New South Wales. He's really filled in a nice role in our VFL side. About that 191 centimeters. He's mostly been that rebounding halfback, but he actually played a little bit in that midfield against North Melbourne's VFL and actually showed a bit there. So he might be one we're really looking at. Um, Sam Comforti, another one on the wing. He's got a nice little left foot. Not much of him, but he really does have a crack. And he's only a 19-year-old, so he's still got a lot lot to go. And then you've got those big midfielders like Joe Attlee and Cole Dunkley that we could still look at. Uh, and Nico Kearney, another one who could go yeah. through that midfield. And... Another player that we had uh, trained with us at the start of the year, along with Baker, was um, was Charlie Byrne, who's had some really good year in the midfield for Murray Bush Rangers, but went down and played back for us uh, against North Melbourne VFL, and he looked really good as well. So there, there are a few uh, around around that we already know of, but um, it's going to be hard to say if we go with them. Uh, a lot of talk about Freeman. Where, where, where do you sit with that? Uh, well, Freeman's had a good year and he really racks up the footy. Uh, I'm not sure if he's the right fit for Essendon because we've already got a lot of players that are like him, like Parrish and Merritt and McGrath. They're already that similar type. So I'd be hoping that even though we want to improve that midfield depth, to to look at someone with a bit more of a dynamic, some, something more dynamic about them, a player that can maybe play other positions as well, not just as a pure midfielder. I mean, a few from the under-19s this year. You've got um, Charlie McKay, the... Um, the father-son for Carlton, who they didn't take last year. He's a he's a bull midfielder, about that 186 centimetres, and can also play back. He's very, very tough, very courageous overhead. Um, he's the type of player I'd probably be looking at. And there's heaps of other midfielders as well at, around that 185 and a bit taller mark that have a point of difference. You've got uh, Xavier Ma, who trained with Carlton in the preseason. Yeah, I was going to mention him, yeah. Yep. 
So he's one I really liked last year, and he's definitely got a little bit about him as an athletic midfielder. You've got uh, Joel Trudgeon from the Northern Knights, who's had a really good start to the year, also hitting the scoreboard, good overhead, really tough. Uh, Liam Conway, another one from the Western Jets, who's a really tough inside midfielder. Same with Fraser Elliott at Oakley Chargers, who's played, who recently played in Richmond's VFL side and I think got about 20 disposals. So that's pretty impressive of him in a pretty strong VFL lineup. And the other one, the brother of uh, Tom Green, who is Josh Green at GWS. So he's another around about the 190 centimetre mark. Looks a lot like his brother, who's really t- starting to go into that midfield role. And he's another one who's still learning the craft as a midfielder, but is another one that looks pretty good. Is Jackson Callow available? I don't know if you've mentioned his name, sorry, but if, if is he available for the mid-season draft? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it, it would look like he's destined for Collingwood, though, at one of their first picks. I mean, they uh, flew in to have a chat with him very recently. So uh-huh. uh, okay. a, as a key forward, we, we do have someone like that in Kane Baldwin as soon as he... Uh, can get on the park. He's a very similar type to Jackson Callow. I mean, Callow is just a marking machine uh, up forward, and but he can also play down back as well, which he showed for Tasmania last year. But I, I think he's all, all, almost certain to go to Collingwood. Do you know much about? Sorry, Grant, if I'm cutting you off. To, do you know much about Corey Preston, uh, who was mentioned in the Herald Sun, being that we've spoken to at least some point this year. Yeah, so he's one uh, last year who didn't get to play any NAB League and only played the one practice match, but was quickly added to the um, to the combine at the end of last year. So obviously, scouts saw quite a bit of what they liked about him in the preseason, and he's had a pretty good start to this year. I think one of the games I got to go to, he kicked the four goals. Uh, he's a left footer, pretty good overhead for his size and uh, good skills. Uh, so he's one you could probably put on a half forward. And he's also one who's played some VFL. He recently played in the Bulldogs uh, VFL on the wing and had about 20 disposals. So he's another one with some pretty good form under his belt. And there's plenty to like about him as that 19-year-old. Okay. It's interesting you you were talking about Kane Baldwin. He's a bit of an unknown sort of quantity at the moment for us. Will he? Won't he? He looks good when he takes a mark and stuff. I was You've partly answered this question, but... Should the Dons go for that midfield depth that you're looking for? Or I think you mentioned that they should probably use this pick on a player that can be a bit more, uh, can play a couple more positions. But is there anybody that would be available to the Dons in maybe a key position? Or do we already have the Kane Baldwin sitting there? So we'll look for a uh, maybe a smaller running defender or something like that. Uh, unless um, someone like a, a Callow or a Jacob Edwards does slip, which I don't see as likely, I, I personally wouldn't go down that route. Um, the the midfield, definitely looking at the uh, the VFL uh, recently. I mean, the only AFL listed player we had running through there was Ned Cahill, who's definitely a bit more of a small forward in my eyes. Yep. So that is something, even though there are injuries to Shield and Caldwell, I still reckon there's some room there for a bit of depth. Same with the uh, small forwards. I think even though we've got the Davy twins who could be coming in next year, I, I th- wouldn't think it's bad to have another uh, exciting small forward. And there's a few, especially some indigenous boys uh, running around. You've got um, Tyrone Thorne from Peel Thunder. I mean, he's not very tall. He's at the 169 centimeters, but he definitely has something about him. Something like a, like a uh, Shea Bolton who's can go for the midfield to go up forward. He likes to take a leap. He likes to have a run really good dangerous left foot kick. Um, another one there is um, Tyson Stengel, who's had his off-field issues, playing, but has been really good at Woodville West Terrans this year. It's another exciting type. And uh, Matthew Parker, who recently got to list by St Kilda, he's been really good at South Fremantle. He's another one who can who can really change a game up forward, but also go for the midfield. It's it's kind of classic, isn't it, isn't it that, um, that we could mention 80 names, and not one of them is, is the player that that Dodoro selects. It's because he's a legend. It's because <laughs> Dodoro's a legend. You don't go talking up the guys you want to pick and then have other blokes look at uh, Dodoro being the most respected and legendary recruiter of all time. Um, and if they if if he says oh, I want this bloke or I like that bloke, everybody's going to look at him. So no wonder he's keeping his cards to his chest. A la Will Snelling. Yeah. That wasn't really a question. That was just more of a statement. <laughs> but it's, just, it's it's interesting how Dodoro goes about mid-season draft because I I, I genuinely feel like we could have some 
you know, guy who's playing in the reserves in Fremantle <laughs> that we select or that was unknown. That's just, uh, it'll be very, very interesting. Uh, am I right? There's only the one player we're going to select. I think the club announced that, didn't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the club announced that there's only the one player. And again, even though we're adding the one player, it's, uh, we still need to make a decision on them at the end of the year as well. So we don't want to be adding too many, even though we could potentially have some more picks. I mean, it's just not really, not really like that good to do anyway. And uh, especially with a player, you can't expect them to come in straight away and have a big impact. I mean, uh, Pickett that year, I mean, that was only in the grand final that he got to play in Snelling, took a few games to get going and then started playing. I think it's more important maybe for clubs that see a player that they could have an instant impact at the clubs at, at the top end, really. Yeah, but yeah. if I was Essendon, I'd be looking at a player that we can look at long-term, uh, potentially a player that didn't really get the uh, the exposure they wanted last year. So for my own personal bias, I'd like to see a young a young player get that go. But um, there's still definitely room for some more mature age players all over the ground. And as long as they fit, what Rutten wants to uh, instill into the side, then yeah, you've got to be happy with that. So if, let oh, sorry, you go. Sorry, right. If uh, if Adrian was standing next to you and said, um, Ed, what do you reckon? Which guy are you picking for the Dons? Oh, it's tough. There's a few players I really like. Um, I do like Xavier Mara as that midfielder depth. I liked him last year. He's got a bit of power from the midfield. And also like Charlie McKay, just for the type of player I think suits what Rutten's going for is someone who just tackles to hurt a uh, lot of intent, a bit rough around the edges, but I think he's the type of player that, that you'd see playing for Richmond. You know, that kind of type of player that's not going to be your star every single week, but he's just going to give you everything he's got. He can play a role down back or in the midfield and just, just, just throw his weight around, which I mean, you see the likes of Redmond when he, when he can do that, it lifts up the team. So yeah. I think more of those type of players, especially from your younger guys, I think could really, uh, I think it's also something we've, we've lacked when Dylan Clark hasn't played either. I think Dylan Clark really provided that real tackling pressure. And just, although he's not the best kick of the footy, I mean, I still feel that he's got something to offer later in the year. If he's, if he gets his body right. Yeah. So just going towards the end of the end of the year, uh, you've obviously been having a look at some of the games. Uh, I mean, it's it's very interesting now because probably at the you know if in realistically eight weeks ago we probably would have said oh we're probably looking at a top six pick and now it's not so much assured uh, with the improvement of the side it could be a, a ninth and tenth pick. Um, I'm just wondering with the scenario for you, and I'll go into. The second part question will be going into some names that you think we could look at. But there's no doubt there's been reports of, um, uh, is it Chera or Sarah? You know, it's Chera? Uh, I think it's Chera. Chera from Fremantle, 21-year-old, you know, decent size, midfielder than kick goals. Um, he's available. We've got pick, say, 10, for example. It's an interesting debate, isn't it, to have? Because I think if, if you have a top six pick, for me, is you go straight to the draft, draft a young kid. The the once that pick gets later and later, and it's a bit more, I won't say have a gamble, but it's it's a little bit more that way. Um, then you know, if Cheris says he wants to come back, and he's spoken to us most of the year, and says you know I'm available, it's it's an interesting dilemma with his age at 21 because it's it, it's as closest to picking up a young player for a 10 years. Yeah, it, it's a really tough one. I mean. Uh, Chera, I mean, he was a former top 10 pick, a pretty high, highly rated junior. I mean, I got to see a lot of him and he definitely looked looked like a good player. Um, It's hard. It's really hard to to give away such a high pick, even though if it's around pick 10. I mean, we've got Archie Perkins at pick 10. I mean, would Mm. would you give up Perkins for Chera right now? I'm not so so sure (laughs) if you would. It's it's really tough. Although I do like Chera as a player, he's going to come along with a lot of money. Like he's like Fremantle will be offering him a lot. And the type of player that he is, as much as I think he would complement Essendon's side, I don't think he's one that we should be targeting with such a high pick. If, okay. if we were to give rid of, say, a pick 10, I'd probably want a second rounder in return because I feel there's going to be a lot of uh, value in the second round of this year's draft, especially with the Victorian kids taking a little bit longer to get going because they've missed a full year. 
Uh, we've got the national championships coming up l- late in September this time around. So this year's draft still got a little bit to uh, to sort out. But um, as much as I really like Chera and I think he'd add a lot, I- I'd probably stick with the first round pick if it yep. has to be a straight swap. So in the scenario, we actually do have a good pick, uh, whether we trade down or whatever, we do whatever, uh, or some player leaves and we get a draft pick. Say we have a top six or seven pick. Can you, who are the names that are would probably in the probably the dynamic midfield range uh, that we wouldn't kind of have? Who, who are the, some of the names that you're seeing already that are, are kind of reaching out? Yeah, it's hard to say on their exact draft range right now because there is still a lot to play out until late September. I don't think anyone's going to have the, the 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 range at this point really sorted. But yep. of the players I've seen so far, there's um, Matthew Johnson from WA, who's a 192-centimetre midfielder, moves really well. Uh, he's played a few senior games uh, for Subiaco this year. Uh, he's, he's more played as a forward at senior level, so he hasn't been able to get a lot of the ball. So... It's hard to say if he's going to be, you know, like a Riley Collier Dawkins, who was a very similar type who looked really good when he had the ball, but just wasn't getting the uh, amount of the ball that you'd like. He, he's another one that I'd like around that area. There's uh, Arlo Drapper, who's uh, not related to Sam, but he is from the same South Adelaide football club. He, he's a, if I was to describe the way he plays as a midfielder, it's uh, Darcy Parrish. The way that he moves to to win a clearance is very similar. He's also got like the locks as well, not blonde, but he's still got that wavy hair there. Yep. But he can also go forward and he can take a mark. He's about that 185, 186 mark. So he can go for the midfield and also up forward. So a bit like how Archie Perkins would be. So I'd really like to see what a Perkins and Arlo Draper type of uh type of combination would go. Um in terms of a dynamic player, although being at the same sort of height of the midfielders we've got. But Tyler Sonzi is another one I really like who probably won't be available at that point, but he's a goal-kicking midfielder mm. in, say, that Robbie Gray, Zach Butters type mould, just a very skillful player uh, and really damaging left and right foot. He's another player that you know can kick goals on his lot, left and right a bit like uh, Nick Cox. And he's someone I could see having an impact for us as well next year pretty early on. Uh, but in terms of uh, potential bolters that have come through this year. You've also got Finn Callahan from Sandringham, who's a 189 centimetre wingman, really good left boot and moves really well. Yep. So he's another one who's starting to get a bit of attention that we might also look at. Oh, interesting. Um, it, it'll be very interesting how this, I, I, it's like I really don't know how the year's going to play out. I don't know if we'll get tired in the second half or, or we actually go on to another step. It would be crazy if we did. Um, so it would be, look, it's a really interesting draft and what the approach will be. Uh, just lastly, just have you seen the David twins? I, I know it's not easy to see all vision of them at the moment, um, but ha- have you seen them going so far? Yeah. So they, they really started to hit their straps uh, the other week with uh, Jaden Makey's return from an ACL for the first time and kick four goals. And one of them, I think we saw the uh, highlights on Twitter. I mean, one of them was a very good goal. And then uh, today we saw the highlights of Alwyn as well, who's uh, really good up half forward and on a wing. Like he showed that dash as well. So so both of them, I feel, are really, really good prospects. I'd be shocked if both aren't taken by the Bombers next year. Uh, Alwyn Jr. is probably the preferred uh, out of the two at the moment, but... They're both still very neck and neck. I've seen more of Alwyn Jr. myself, and I've only seen him live. I haven't seen Jaden live, but only only some footage there. But um, they're still they, – they play similar, but they're still rather different. So mm. Alwyn Jr. is a right footer, probably uh, probably a bit like his, uh, bit like his uncle, uh, Aaron Davey. So he's a similar type of right footer, smooth mover. Yeah. Uh, another one, Shane Edwards, maybe another one that he's like. And then uh, Jaden, he's a lot like his dad, like yeah. the left footer, super quick, very creative around goal. Uh, and both of them also like like to they run down tackles as well. Both really got that from their old man. They really they really like to hunt the uh, opposition. But uh, it may take them a while to get going though, because their endurance for both of them, especially coming from Northern Territory, usually the kids there, it's their endurance that needs the most work. But uh, if it's going to improve, it's really going to improve with you know the 
the the coaching that you get from the school football down in Victoria and the NAB League as well, which both will play Oakley Chargers. So uh, hopefully by this time next year, they'll they'll be fit and running and they, they could be really causing havoc for the Oakley Chargers next year. <laughs> that, that's that X factor that you just, that father-son brings to a club. You, you get access to these two kids. And do we get access or would we have to do sort of weird draft points things or do we just get access to those two kids? So, so we'd still need to match a bid if, uh, you know, say, say, say a bid comes for one of them, say, say pick 13 or whatever. We'd still have to match the bid with points, but unlike the new NGA rules where they're not allowing bids in the top 20, it doesn't matter where a bid comes for both kids. We can still manage to match it if we need to with points, okay. which, and in terms of getting those draft points, there's still a lot to play out in terms of that. So we may have a better idea of what we have for this year and what we can give up for next year and vice versa the year next, knowing what where we believe they might get bidded on. We can trade in picks from you know the following year as well. So okay. uh, I don't think it'll be too much of an issue for us at the moment, unless they both absolutely dominate, then we might be in a little bit of trouble, but we'll see <laughs> how it plays out. How... how- just with the the crop that was the uh, last year's draft, uh, who are the ones that you feel like um, have have not shined as much as you did and have shined more than you thought they would? Whether it's Phil Thorpe, whether it's I know we haven't seen Elijah Holland yet, so that's it's a hard one. But uh, I mean, from afar, and I, I don't want to judge too harsh, but it feels like Will Phillips maybe hasn't come on as North had hoped, but is that, is that too harsh just because it's a first-year player? Uh, for the most part, there actually hasn't been a lot of first-year players get nominated for the Rising Star so far this year. It's been a lot of second- and third-year players. I mean, you've got Tom Green, you've got Cody Waitman, uh, Trent Rivers, who just recently uh, got the nomination. You've got uh, Lachlan Scholl. I mean, a lot of them are, are kids that have had that preseason. They've had a, some time in in an AFL system, yeah. whereas not only are some of these uh kids especially the victorian kids they've missed a whole year of football a whole year of development so you can kind of see why afl clubs haven't tried to rush them in to play every single week i mean a lot of them haven't had what what essendon have had where they have to play the kids they have to play them i mean you look at jamara yugo hagen at the bulldogs they're in no rush to play him and that may even be better for his development especially when Mm. he's missed a year of footy i mean he may have a good chance of getting injured or something along those lines so uh, uh, it's way too early to make way a judgment on yeah, how yeah. the players are going as That's well and yep. and all that. No, well, I mean, it is quite a little bit bizarre with so much talk around our kids that Jones, Cox and Perkins uh, haven't been nominated once. So uh, Cox has got to be. So uh, you'd, think, you'd think Cox's next decent game, uh, you'd have to be close just from weight of performances but uh but I, I even harry jones like uh i know he's eligible and he, gee he's had some really big games three or three or so goals so look he's hoping uh because these guys deserve a little bit of recognition but mr ed uh we've got you for our 25 minutes and we so much appreciate it uh you're a welcome friend to the show at any time so um where, where can we, you know, if, if people want to have a look at names or, or, or how the draft's going, where can they go to? Yeah, so I write for AFL Draft Central and that's where you'll find a lot of the notes we do on players each and every week. There's some player focuses here and there. And just for my own thoughts, I'll usually put them on my Twitter. So just, yeah, just search Ed Pascoe on Twitter and uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the retweets if anyone goes on Twitter from yourself and, and the show. So... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find there. I'm always got something to say every week and um, yeah, just AFL draft central is pretty much the only, just about the only place you'd need to go to because we cover, we cover Victoria, we cover South Australia, we cover Western Australia, just, just uh, the whole state, uh, so whole countrywide. We've got pretty much everything covered for every single type of player. So even though we may not have discussed the player, we're probably going to pick up in the mid-season draft. You, you can be sure that we'd uh, have you covered in what that player does and uh, keep tra- keep on track with Draft Central for all that. Look, if you're, if you're not to put you on the spot, but if you're free for five, 10 minutes during the week after on the Wednesday 
draft and go through, we select, you know, for our Patreon show, Would I'd love to have you on just for five, ten minutes, mate, just to have a quick discussion and how do you think our selection went and give a, if possible, a bit of a background, we can find it. So you're welcome to come on to that show as well um, if, if you're available. But thank you so much uh, again for joining the show. Um, yeah, I can't recommend AFL Draft Central enough. Uh, it's where I go to. Uh, Absolutely. And there's, there's more information in there than you can shake your stick at, Sarah. So you want to know what options, if you think maybe what, what you think the, the club might need, Maybe you think we need a back, a forward, a mid, anywhere in there. You just you look up Draft Central, AFL Draft Central, and there is every kid that's in the entire country um, and a good amount of information on them. So, uh, mate, the, the site's a credit to you. Well done. And thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for having me on again. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap the show up after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. What a great, uh, again, another great interview with Ed Pascoe from AFL Draft Central. Uh, massive fan, um, a friend of the pod. Uh, we love having him on. Like I said sort of before, that guy's forgotten more about AFL drafting than we will ever know. Um, he's given us some great names. That's one of the things like I loved about that interview is that he gave us so many good names to go and research. Um, when you're sat on the couch having a beard, just look up AFL Draft Central. You'll be able to get a heap more information on the players that he named. Um, you can go here and have a look at the the kind of prospects that you think the club should uh, should draft themselves. So, again, huge thank you to Ed. Yeah, and look, Ed, Ed well, we did, did chat after the interview. Ed has agreed to come on on Wednesday night um, to our Patreon uh, site. Yes, so, for our Patreon members. So for... Uh, Patreon members, good news. He'll be on. Uh, we'll do a special show. Uh, look, it's not going to be a long show because it's one player. <laughs> but, yes. but we'll talk about his background, what he could bring, and and, and the strategy around uh, the one pick. <laughs> bonus, <laughs> yes. Bonus Patreon episode for our Patreons. Um, Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up podcast. Um, you can get us on there. As little as um, three bucks, you can get us. Um, you get two extra shows a week, and this week you're going to get three shows um, with Ed Pascoe. So come over and have a look at us at uh, at the Patreon site. And that's three bucks a month, by the way. So it's 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 pretty cheap. So yeah. Uh, look, thank you, everyone. We've got the massive Dreamtime game coming up uh, on Saturday night. Now then, now uh, then, Bomber supporters in WA. Yeah, we're doing a call out. We're doing a special call out to our Perth crowd and our Perth, friends Perth in Perth listeners. Perth. Bring, uh, friends. bring a friend, invite a friend. If you know Bomber supporters, get tickets. It, it, we want as many Bomber fans flooding this stadium so it feels like Make a home it game. Make a home game. Make it intimidating. Uh, we want Bomber fans going crazy. So get tickets and just flood this venue uh, with Bomber fans because, one, they deserve it, and, two, you're going to enjoy it. So Absolutely. Mate, I'll tell you what. Scotty and I, before this COVID thing, we were seriously considering heading over for that game. But we were COVID, too. Yeah, we were actually six weeks we, ago. We we're like, oh, I think we might get tickets, and we might get we- tickets. And thank goodness we didn't, because <laughs> yes. we'd be doing the lunchtime catch up podcast from two separate rooms in a hotel quarantine somewhere. Yes, um, but no, for all of, all of those people, those lucky people that are over there in Perth, get down to the game, get the Dons. Um, over the line with the crowd support. Yeah, so, um, yeah, huge game. The club has mentioned that the long walk will be on, but it'll be in Perth. Oh, so you okay, can actually nice. do the long walk to the stadium, I believe. Uh, yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, sorry. Uh, so, huge game this week. Go Bombers. Uh, Grant, enjoying our Zoom <laughs> crossover podcast. Yes, Obviously- we're doing the Zoom, unfortunately, <laughs> because somebody can't, Look after hotel quarantine. Um, and but, South Australia thanks, this time. Yes. Thanks to everybody in South Australia. Um, but yeah, the second that um, Uncle Dan lets us out of uh, quarantine, I'll be back over into the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast studios um, for more shows. Yeah, so thank you, everyone. Uh, I'm glad. Enjoy the week. I always say when when it, when happens, enjoy it. Uh, you know, there's some players that get 
you know, knocked a bit over the top. Uh, and even after a win like that, it's just enjoy the win. Like it, it's a good times. Uh, it's mate, it, made, it made my Monday just a lot better, mate. You wake up in the morning, you're happy. You have to be excited about. Yeah, you just have to be excited about where this club's going. And it's absolutely, just, mate. Yeah. It's and it's been a while. It's been a while. So we're very, very happy. So thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, our main show again will probably be be next Monday night for Patreons. We'll have a Wednesday night special mid season draft show and then Thursday night yep. team selection show. So you're getting bonuses galore and as well as the initial reaction on Saturday night on Patreon. So I think we're going to put on through almost three shows this week on the Patreon site. So yep, absolutely. Uh, it's got to be value for money, baby. So thanks everyone. And we'll talk soon. Bye guys. Bye.